What's good? Hey, hey, hey. How you doing, <laughs> I am well. How are you today? I'm doing good. You know, I'm just so happy. You know, there's seven days in the week, and Sunday's a good day because it's for rest. But Tuesday is also an amazing day because I get to be in community with you, the good brother, Ray Ingram, educator extraordinaire. How are you, my friend? I missed you last week. Yeah, I miss you too. But right now, I feel like you're being toxically positive. <laughs> No, I don't believe that that's a thing. Mm -mm. No? No, because to be toxically positive is to not acknowledge the negative stuff when it happens. When it's awful, I name it. I don't just like, oh, you're pissing on me. This is going to be rain. No, if it's negative, I'll name it. <laughs> not rain. <laughs> I'll also name it too. Yeah. That's what makes us wonderful. How you doing? You looking nice. Well, you look nice too, H. I, I'm, feeling, I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling well, you know. We're Good. here. Good. The building. Right. Um, so you've had an interesting couple of uh, weeks here. I have had an interesting couple of weeks. So, I mean, first of all, where did July go? And like, mm. shout out to to educators and principals and bus drivers and cafeteria workers yeah. who have already like started, who got class lists, who are like in the thick of it. I don't know, July just like came in quick, but things have been good. Things have been really busy. Um, and I've been uh, trying to find a good balance between rest and work. So yeah. I'm excited about that. I wasn't here last week. I was uh, out of the country getting a little sun. Um, mm. And But you know, I'm, I'm back now. So I'm excited. I'm glad to be here. And I'm, I'm happy to hear from you and to engage with our audience to you know, really hear about the things that, that they're thinking about, kind of where they are. I know that, I'm gonna tell you one thing before we get into the, the meat of our agenda. You know, I always talk about belonging in community. And I recognize yeah. that podcast, in a sense, we are creating a form of community for folks, for folks who don't get to engage with us directly, for folks yeah. who feel isolated or who don't feel like they have other folks that they can be critical of systems with, who they can be critical of, uh, of what's happening in schools and who can have a way to have a conversation to think about ways that we can come up with solutions to some of the things that matter most to us. So yeah. um, I know we don't have Doc here with us today, um, but you know, shout out to him and his family that taking care of some stuff. But I'm I'm glad to be here with you and 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 shout out to those loyal listeners who are with us and listen to us and who rock out with us every Tuesday at three times. Yeah, right? yeah. Tuesday is definitely a special special time, you know, to come in and uh, be in community with folks. Yeah, so grateful for that. Um, so so this idea of like vacation, right? Like. Talk to talk to me about it, right? It, so so first first off, right? First off, we gotta name this. Why does when every now I want I, I don't want to cliche this because I know there's some nuance to this to to, to, to what I'm about to say. Nuance, nuance. Yeah, but like, why does it feel like everybody everybody that goes to the Caribbean got to bring back some some white henny? You know, I didn't bring any back. 
<laughs> well, I will say there was an urge. It's probably the same urge that you feel when you're in the circus and you feel like I should have cotton candy. Yeah. Or when you go to a baseball game, and you're like, I should get popcorn. Like there is this natural draw. But yeah. I think it really is, you know, when you think you don't have access to something, oh, it makes you want it more. Yeah. So for a lot of folks, they can't get white henny wherever they are, but yeah. you know that you can get it there. And I think it's just this draw of how it is that we feel we must have something that we can't get later. Yeah. Um, I don't see people going into duty free for like <laughs> Corona. <laughs> duty free, right? But there's thought about it. Um, but yeah. no, I didn't. I didn't bring any back. Yeah. So, so, so when I'm down in Philly, let me tell you what I do, right? For, 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 for my, my, uh, my libation fix. I hit up, I hit up Maritza, who's in the audience right now, and we get this coquito popping, right? <laughs> so I can't wait till I get down there to Philly. And, and, uh, when is it? November, we coming down there. Is that uh, the Black Male Educator Summit? It is the Black, don't shout, don't shout Sharif stuff out on my show. Hashtag Brother Sharif and all the black male educators. Let me ask you something about that term. Yeah. When you think black male educators, are you thinking just instructional folks from K to 12 and higher ed? Or are you thinking any black males who are part of the ecosystems of schools? So I think any black male. And the reason why I say that is because historically, I mean, so I, I, I take it back to like um, a little bit after like post Brown, right? And so, you know, a lot of uh, black male principals lost their jobs and ended up becoming custodians, right? And so now you have custodians that are in this building that are capable of running the building, right? And so it's not just uh, uh, exclusive to the educators that are in the classroom uh, given those set of norms, right? And so a lot of times, you know, we'll have folks that are um, that are educators by nature that are just not teachers, right? Because like, I don't feel like you have to be a teacher in order to be an educator. Yeah, I feel like you have to have a set of skills and a gift in order to teach young people whatever your gift is. And that teaching doesn't necessarily have to occur in the classroom, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I 100% agree with that. I think that we think about the gap in Black male educators, those who are both in the classroom in leadership roles, we also think about the disproportionate number of them who are in leadership roles who had a pipeline or a pathway through discipline, whether they started as a dean yeah. or a counselor. And then we think about the large number of Black males that are in schools serving as foremans, custodians, yeah. educational yeah. aides. Um, I think I like the way that you've described that. And I would challenge those who are listening to us to do three things. One, make sure that you have PD money in your budget to yeah. send Black male educators in your building to whether it's this event in November, but getting them connected with other folks. Yeah. Two, that you think more broadly about what it means to be a Black male educator and you tap into those folks and don't give folks a hard time when they want to take off, right? Like we yeah. know just like we started the show and talked about the importance of community, there is a special community and connection around, among Black male educators in yeah. order to, to lift one another, to encourage one another, to support one another, to push and challenge in yeah. certain ways. And so I would, um, I hope that it sells out. I hope that there are so many 
Black males who are either already school leaders, retire, even if you're a retired school leader, a retired yeah. Black male teacher, sign up for that conference, go be in community, serve as a mentor, help to support other Black males so that we can increase what we see and what we know can make a difference in schools and lives of all kinds of kids, not just Black children. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's not just yeah. we need to create communities for black male educators to serve black children we need to create communities for black male educators to serve all children and so i want to push those folks to make sure that they create time and space and resources in their budgets um, to allow folks to go to this event and to others that can support their growth and professional development yeah i'll be there uh i'm doing a session uh shout oh, out reef shout out, out reef in the center of uh black educator De uh development um so I, I'm doing so I'm doing a series of of sessions at uh, at conferences and I'm naming them uh, Black Male Homerooms. Okay. Right. Reason uh, for homeroom is because homeroom is where you start the day, right? And so, what better way to connect with Black men than to start the day off in homeroom and community with one another, sort of like a Black Male Affinity Group, right? Yeah. So that you know we can build out this space and so that they feel comfortable with expressing the challenges that they may feel in the work yeah and so that we can like work to unpack some of those challenges and best practices in terms of like how to address it right yeah because you got some folks that you know they run up to these challenges and they're like damn well i've never faced this before and i don't have mentorship or i don't have coaching in order to kind of navigate through these white spaces yeah and so by us coming together and convening and and, and talking about our experiences together hopefully you know that helps at least one person out in terms of being able to navigate through these violent white spaces <laughs> yeah i like that i also hope that um those who are um centering black male educators in their research can also contribute maybe whether it's not participate but i think that there is a ton of research around like what we nope stop really you know, this, is, you know this is this is my area right here really stop. No, nope. you didn't find when there's you were doing your literature. There's a really? scarcity of of research on black male uh, uh, school leaders. Scarcity. Why so? What you, you said? Why so? Well, because not, because, because, people, because the academy don't give a shit about yeah. black males. Yeah, what do you mean? If we look logically at the numbers, if we know that yeah. you guys only make up two percent of the teaching population, then it makes yeah. that there isn't a lot. But you know, it's a lot of as you used to say, it's a lot of flu like, flu gazies out here. It's a yeah. lot of people who, who talk about, but we did black male and we got a this and we're doing no. research and we want to have a pipeline. No. You know what it is? You, I, yo, so, 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 yo, it's, it's, it's funny you should mention that, right? Because, you know, Doc ain't here, so we can kind of throw some trouble and kind of dig in, right? <laughs> the, new, the nuanced king is not here, so he can't cape for people. So, anyways, like, so I feel like in philanthropy, right, there becomes like these hot spots, like these hot areas and these hot topics that happen in these rooms that we're not invited to, right? Yeah. And then some of the people that get invited to some of these rooms, right, they then get, uh, I guess, the uh, the cliff notes of the conversation that was had about us when people do things to us and not with us, right? And so then from the cliff notes, it's like, oh, we need more black male teachers, right? And so then that becomes the hot area for everybody so it's like oh i can get funding if i create this group that you know is is uh is meant to um to get us black male teachers but i'm just gonna say it right i know reef is doing the work and there's a couple more folks out there that are doing the work but shit, these numbers are going down right so like yeah. if you get all this funding 
in order to increase. And I'm not saying that this is something that can happen overnight. Don't get me wrong. I know that this is not something that can happen overnight. It should have been something that should have been invested in 20 years ago, 30 yeah. years ago, right? Sure. So you're not going to see the fruits of, of your labor, you know, overnight. But damn, regression? Yeah. I get it, but you know, I, I'll say a few things. It, you know, it, it too often is like that, right? Five years ago, everybody was talking about innovation and technology and learning, and then like now people aren't talking about it. And three years ago, SEL and emotional learning and let's engage young people, and like it just turns into a fad, like a phase around what. Yeah. We yes. 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 That's my right? point. Right. Yeah. I think your point too around how we don't often get to live to see it. Is, is something that I would challenge both K-12 and the academy to, to be critically thinking about is we always are talking about data, but we're not looking at data to make predictions in order to prepare for what is coming down the pipeline. I think about this pilot shortage, right? And that these have all these challenges around air flights, around like um, cancellations and not enough pilots, not enough folks, and all this money to bail out the, the systems but we haven't invested in pilots, right? We don't have a diversity campaign for pilots. We got a bunch of black and brown and women <laughs> folks who could have been pilots yeah. and who could have been yeah. poured into yeah. 20 yeah. years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, so that when we came upon this crisis, this intersection where this large number of folks are ready to retire, now we're sitting here and we have to deal with it. And so you're right. A lot of the things that we see around these gaps with black male educators is not because they aren't there and not because we don't care about them, but because we haven't been thoughtful around what the data looks like and help prepare for it, right? Like, of course. we can't wait until something becomes a problem to then yep. to address it. And we are always <laughs> in that, but in education, we stay talking about data. But we yeah. don't, the whole mass exodus conversation around teachers leaving, yes, yeah. that is exhaustion. Yes. Some of that is post-COVID in a new world, but there also are a large number of folks who were at retirement age who had yes. done this for 30 years and who yes. said, you know, last year in 18, 19, 20, okay, I'll hang around for another year. And so we have to push ourselves in K-12 and in the academy. To so I was, I was reading an article. I was reading. It's funny you should mention that, right? Because I was reading an article about just like some of this outlier evidence that's occurring in terms of like naming this this uh, this great resignation piece, right? And so one of the things that folks aren't talking about is the massive amount of hires that occurred during COVID, right? Mm -hmm. And so there were a ton of hires that were made during COVID because of, remember you had to substantiate or you had to uh, fill fill the void for like in person teachers and online teaching, right? And so online teaching, I don't know if you guys are familiar, uh, folks that are listening in the audience, it takes a lot more bodies to to, to kind of um, do really good online teaching to fidelity than it would if you were uh, in person, right? And so like, you know, folks wanted to invest in like smaller groupings and like so that they could be able to like manage uh, those Zoom rooms and like manage all of the things that they needed to manage. And plus, you know, there was a lot of things that happened like behind the scenes in terms of like making sure that kids had what they need. So you needed people on the tech side, you needed people on the outreach side. It's just like you just needed a whole lot more bodies in yeah. order to make that whole thing work. Right. And so we're not really talking about that. And so I saw an article uh, that kind of specified and, and, and put particular emphasis on, on the fact that like it was a whole lot of hires that was made uh, during that time. Yeah. And so 
And a bunch of those hires were made because they were extra ESSA funds. Yeah. <laughs> and they were yeah, extra yeah. money. And then when that running money runs out, there were folks who were 10-month employees who were able to be 12-month employees. Yeah. There were extra folks who were able to, you could take money now and add aids. Lots of schools were able to reallocate money that could have been yeah. used for things that were for in-person to increase somebody. And when you, you, you can't expect, you, you know, things have to right. They got to like recalibrate. Right. And so yeah. again, and you, you brought up a question the other day. So it isn't about how many educators we're losing. It's about, yeah. are we losing our best educators and what yeah. that means for professional development, for mentorship, for keeping other people there who we need to. And so we know too often our best educators are the first to leave the classrooms. They're the ones who turn into coaches, who turn into administrators, who turn into district leaders, who work at central office. And so if we lose the connection of the folks who we have on the ground in those spaces to help build those young, build those teachers, model best practices, right? See how to manage these things. Then, then we end up with folks who join and who burn out, who don't get the support they need. And then we're right back where we started. And at the end, who suffers are students, families, and communities. Hey, all y'all folks that are in the audience right now that are in central office, get your ass back in these schools. They need y'all. <laughs> they need to be in schools, but I'm going to tell you this too, right? I, you know, my heart goes out to central office folks because some of them, and I know that there's some critique of them and they got this at home, but you know, there are folks who are waiting for teacher offers, waiting for yeah. contacts, waiting for bump ups. And they, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it, anytime that you are serving the work is hard, but I get, again, we got to look at data. And not be surprised. Yeah, but you get some really talented. Hey, you get some really talented people like yourself, right? That uh, that end up in the central office. It's like oh, you 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 put two years, you, you put two years in central office, and that two years could have been two years in in the co coaching teachers, coaching principals, yeah. and like all this other stuff. Yeah, and you would have got it would have the system, not you, but the system would have gotten more bang for their buck having a a former school leader like yourself yeah right i'm, I'm speaking into existence a, a, a future superintendent like yourself right <laughs> Ooh, uh uh, uh coaching principals up yeah and, 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 do, and doing those types of things right so we got to think smartly about about who we have right so when we think yeah. about human capital like who is it that we have right sure. because like, well, i mean we also like and you know for doc nuance yeah. that and yeah. We do need our best leaders and our best teachers helping to build out the long-term systems so that we can have high-quality work happening across the board, right? Yeah, but that ain't usually yeah. the best people. That ain't usually the best I mean, people. I mean, I will say the work that I was able to do in Baltimore City, shout out to um, Dr. Santelises and all those folks in wholeness and in Baltimore City, like we were trying to talk about climate and culture three years ago in a way that people like weren't fathoming, right? We were trying to build out domains. We brought on folks, we tested the data, we worked with a small cohort of schools. We had a little bit of funding. And when we look now, like some of that work, the yeah, people are bothered about wanna hear that shite. No, we were trying to think about culture and climate in a way that had not been thought about before. And, and we need folks who are innovative and who can take risks to be helping to design better, more innovative new that's ways. Not how Maryland, that's not how Maryland works. Maryland works. This I mean, is how, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you how Maryland works, right? Maryland, Maryland works. Work, you, that, that whole, that innovative idea that you had, right? It could have worked statewide. Probably could have wait. It probably could have worked nationally, right? 
but it would have had to occur in in the county, in Baltimore County first, okay. or Anne Arundel County first, or or <laughs> it would have it would have had in order for people to buy into it, right, or yeah. or, or even care about it. But yeah. the fact that it was happening in Baltimore City, like. Only the people in Baltimore are going to care about it. Nobody else outside of Baltimore is going to care yeah. about it. And that's unfortunate because I will it say, is. you know, despite the lack of resources and, and often poor infrastructure, um, yeah. there were folks in, in Baltimore City public yeah. schools, elementary, middle, high, and alternative, who yeah. were riding for their kids and families. Every 100%. I mean, they were in yeah. the trenches. They were caring yeah. and loving and going above and beyond. And and again, yeah. too often, they don't get that credit, right? All they get At is all. racism. We hear about yeah. how awful the schools are and not how these teachers and support staff are going above and beyond every day for young people. Yeah. And so yeah. again, you know, that, that's my challenge. If, if, you, if you have listened to this podcast more than once, <laughs> or if this is your first time, and I will repeat this for any new listener and any repeat listener. If you don't wake up in the morning and know that you're going to ride for kids and for families and for educators who are genuinely trying to do what's right, then I would strongly encourage you to find something else to do because you are taking- You mean like in, a, in terms of like a different career? Yeah. If you can't- hey, so, so what, you, what you're doing is con you contributing to the teacher shortage. I don't mind. I, listen, I would rather have <laughs> folks who want to ride for kids and be there. Yeah. Then yeah. I would have a bunch of warm bodies. If we yeah. just have a bunch but not of everybody, bodies. not everybody thinks that way. Yeah, and this is why we are where we are. <laughs> you gotta, yeah. you gotta ride for kids, and you gotta. Hey, ride. Oh, so, uh, hey, this is interesting right here. Uh, the new M MD uh, blueprint will require administrators to teach ten percent. Boy, they shit out of luck because a lot, be sure. a lot of these administrators, with these folks with their admin ones, they admin twos can't Come teach, on. can't teach out a paper Come bag. On. Took the practice three times. Took the first, <laughs> took the first practice three times. Stop playing. They're going to be in the ECC hey, classroom <laughs> talking about blue, blue. They're going to be teaching foundations. Let them, hey. get, let them walk into the trap. <laughs> <laughs> and teach some some young people. Those who are know the people what to that do. you want. That, that, yo, listen, because I yo a lot. Of, uh, so we name this all the time, right? We talk about the importance of building relationships with young people, right? Uh, building relationships is, is is part of it, but you have to be strong in your content knowledge, right? Like you got to know what it is you're teaching, right? So like you can have a good relationship with kids, but if you're not teaching them, then like what what are you there for? Like it goes back to what you're saying in terms of like, yo, I'd rather my kid be in front of somebody that could teach them something. Right. And a good relationship doesn't mean we got a special handshake and everybody goes to the prize box. Kill the handshake. A good, a, a good relationship <laughs> means that I know who you are. Yeah. I value what you bring. Yeah. I'm not afraid to challenge you and hold you accountable. That challenge piece is so important. an environment where you can take risks. And I'm yes. going to keep it honest with you and your family. Yeah. In great relationships. There were times when, when parents, students, teachers did not love me, even though we yeah. were winning family and community engagement awards, right? Yeah. We had, there were some decisions that, you know, sometimes you got to say some things that people don't like, that people don't want to right? You yeah. So it isn't, we got to, again, we got to expand what we think these words mean. And yeah. relationships means that there is honesty, 
that there is transparency, that there are opportunities to push and to forgive. You, I would rather folks. Believe oh man, you up here, ain't you? See, and this is this is part of the reason why we need you back in school buildings and back in a district, right? <laughs> because like you sit up like, and every week you giving folks free PD in terms of being a leader that they need to be for people, right? Yeah. And it's like we're talking about real people here. H, we're not talking about like we're talking about real people, right? And so you know. You touched on a, a, a couple of things that resonated for me uh, in terms of just like, man, this is a tough job. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a tough job. And, you know, and, and, and it's, it's tough for us. And it's also, we don't talk about this enough. It's difficult for the people who love us to, to see um, those who are showing up and going hard for young people and teachers and communities and families. Hey, 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 we got to name this, right? We got, we got our first, uh, we got our first D9, uh, reference here. Our first D9 reference of the night. Uh, those handshakes remind me of, uh, of an Ivy and having to, uh, <laughs> memorize individual big sister greetings. Hey, so one thing I will say about these greetings, right? Uh, you know, me and my line brother, man, hey, first of all, everybody had to have a greeting, which is annoying as hell because not everybody deserves a greeting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and secondly, I don't want to talk about Greek stuff. So we go to Marissa's comment. <laughs> Marissa, what's Marissa said? Yes, again, it's not about the children, not a popular contest with, with admin. You're absolutely right. You know, I I, I feel like it, it goes back to your why, right? And so right now, uh at, at my school with my with my principals, we're working on why statements, right? Because I feel like in order for teachers to really truly be behind you, they have to understand your why. And in order for students to be behind teachers, they have to understand their why, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, I have administrators modeling, you know, their why uh, to teachers so that teachers can then model their why to students, right? Yeah. Because I feel like a, a student is more uh, more reticent to get behind you than uh, if they know, know and understand your why than they would be if they didn't. Yeah. And again, like you, you need your why and your why should evolve over time, right? Of course. Yeah. Um, and, and your why shouldn't be based in deficit. Like, oh, I, I read about all the terrible things that happened and I know that this can make me better. Like, you can keep that, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> you, can, you can keep that. And like, I and I had handshakes with kids, but they were, it was a sign of love. Right? First it of all, it's COVID. We're going to do the fist bump. <laughs> but you know, again, like, it is about, here's the thing about relationships, right? It's about authenticity. And if anybody will call you out, it's, it, it is a young person. A young person can smell a snake. They can smell a oh. rat, a fake and a phony real yeah. quick. Um, yeah. and so if you are not going, if you don't, if you don't make a handshake with me because you really want to see me and you just do it so that you can TikTok it and get a bunch of likes and potentially go viral and end up on somebody's TV, morning talk, daytime TV yeah. show. That's what it's about yeah. for some people. You're not yeah. doing that for, for real. You're yeah. not doing okay for real. Hey, so hope. Uh, well, shout out Hope. I think she might be in central office. Uh, we put our why statements on ceiling on the ceiling in order to uh, to keep your expectation high to reach it. I love that. Love that. Hope. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, Thanks we need why, what's and how's. Yeah, but but you can't get to what's and how's unless you get to that why first. Yeah, yeah, but you know, a lot of times we talk about what and not about how, and I think mm -hmm. how is where we really see the shift. Right, like we can all say we're going to grow three levels or 
this much of us is going to pass or 80 percent of us will do this but like how are we going to get there it's not by handshakes right it's by hard work (laughs) it's by feedback it's by growth it's by repetition it's by practice it's by taking risk it's by all those things yeah i see i see one one of my one of my former students in here devin cooper cooper what's happening man (laughs) uh i know you are in charge of kids right now And, and funny story about devin cooper he uh he worked with uh he um one of, my, one of the veteran teachers in the building that that I had came into uh, when I first came into teaching, his name was Corey Booker, uh, Mr. Booker. Like and, from the uh, city? Yeah, city of Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I said from uh, the city. Oh, yeah, like, like, yeah, yeah. What was Corey's last name? Was his last name Booker? No, yes. it might not have been Booker. No, no. Jones. Corey Jones. Corey Jones was his he name. Did. I'm calling him Corey Booker. Corey Jones was his name. And uh, phenomenal teacher. But, like, he built relationships with the students, right? And didn't matter who what student you were, didn't matter who you were, whatnot. He had an open door policy, and so, but like what he did was he poured into them, right? He made them work hard, right? He had them writing the- he had them writing uh, thesis papers, had them doing all the things that they would have needed to do in order to be successful in college, right? Yeah. And this was all coming from because uh, when you thought about like the lenses, then like every lens in Baltimore City was one of deficit, especially at Lake Clifton Eastern High School where I started teaching. Right. Like if, if you weren't a star athlete, then they weren't looking for you to get a star, either a star athlete or in the law program. Mm-hmm. They weren't looking for you to do very much uh, com- coming out, out of those schools. But I feel like we did a lot of work with those kids in order to kind of change that paradigm. Uh, and, and those kids went to college. Those kids graduated to college. Those kids ended up being like really, really good citizens. And so, yeah, shout out to Baltimore, man. I had yeah. some really you, amazing times in Baltimore. You know what we should do? We should, you said you had one of your former students, Devin, in the audience. We should put a call out and invite former students of ours, you, me, and Docs, and have yeah. them come on and yeah. talk for a few minutes about what it yeah. was like to have Mr. Anquam, Ms. Harrison, and Mr. <laughs> because again, I think you know, I think it would give us perspective. Yeah. And I don't want us to ever Yeah, I, we got a, he's a college professor now. What look at that. That's what I'm, I'm talking here. about. Let's I, get I, it. I, we need yeah. to put Oh, out. biscuit head. Oh, biscuit head, Devin. <laughs> look, at, look, at, look at Devin now, right? And I, I mean, you know, we, the lives um, that we touch and shape. I've had students who have reached out to me on LinkedIn and who said that it wasn't until um, they had me as a teacher that they thought they could be a strong reader or a strong writer or yeah. remember a book that we had or like, oh, I had to write this essay and I had to write about someone who was really influential to me and I wrote about you. And it's like, you know, in those moments, you don't really realize the impact. This is why we can't have folks in there with their shite and being yeah. engaged because yeah. every yeah. single moment can make the difference between success and failure between how young people see themselves and create their own academic identities and the ways that they prepare themselves to go into the world. I got to set my equipment up, man. We got to start cold calling people. I ain't seen Marcus in the audience in a while. He's probably listening and not coming. Marcus, what's happening, bro? Uh, uh, Yeah, I'm going to call him after the show because he's usually, you know, he's usually here every Tuesday. I'm going to check in on folks that be here every Tuesday. Yep. Same um, way that teachers who notice their kids aren't on their roster. Yeah. Uh, hey, so, El Michelle, what's she saying? They're doing, uh, they're doing their do-nows now while getting 
Kudos milk handshakes. All right. Um, yeah, no. I'm not I'm not a handshake person. I'm not I'm not a handshake person, yo. I, that would never be a reason why I would go viral, right? Like I would never go viral because of a handshake. I go viral yeah. because of uh of, of bringing you outside to protest uh, some shite that these folks done did that that's unjust. Uh, yeah, we go viral for that, or or like you know, something like that. I'm not, not. yeah. Again, it's it's all about authenticity. You know, it's just like, you know, home visits, handshakes, hugs, all those things. If you're just doing it to check the box off or to make somebody think that this is time on task, then you're wasting your time. I, I had a handshake with Bryce. Um, he made it up. He taught it to me. Bryce also was a kid who rode his bike to school before yeah. he had bike racks and my custodian would allow him to park his bike like in the boiler room right it was just a way to like keep Bryce going and, and engaged and for us to to help build that connection for him it wasn't something I'm like oh wait let's do it again somebody tape it right like I think there are lots of ways to make relationships ah he's here he's here Marcus what's happening Chino Hi, what's happening friend. brother Hey, I had to call you out because I didn't know if you were listening or not Listen, I don't know what's going that's, on that is love responsibility and accountability right that's yeah. not, I just know these kids' names because I'm saying it for the show so that people yeah. can think we about our business. That That's different. So, so you know, shout out to those young people. I think we should try to yeah. get some more young hey, people on yo, I, I gotta get Yo, I got to get over to his house. He's helping me with this uh, with this buddy bench. And he got another one, right? So, like, Ooh. we got uh, two, uh, three different campuses now. So, we're going to work on one for the middle school campus and then work on this buddy bench for the, uh, for the elementary school campus. So, shout out to Chino XL. Appreciate you. All right. Uh, so what else are we talking about? Right, so the title of the show, we we titled the show Diddy 2.0, right? Because there's a lot of things we shift into black popular culture now, folks. So we're making that shift. Now, right? <laughs> so a <laughs> couple things, right? So the first thing, right, is that there's a new genre of music, right? And so I wanted to get your thoughts on how you felt about it, right? So they're calling it toxic R&B. This is this is news to me. Inform me of this thing. What is toxic yeah. R&B? So toxic, uh, toxic R&B is kind of like when, you, when you're singing about things that are like super toxic, right? So like you're singing about stuff like cheating on your wife or cheating on your husband and like, you know, like infidelity and like all things that show up. Didn't, just like, didn't Betty Wright do a song? Yeah. I, so this is so this has been happening. This is the, so it's not new in terms of like the music. Okay. It's new in terms of categorizing the music as toxic, right? I feel like Every arm, like I feel like Mary J. Blige can't really give you good music unless she's went through something, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> but isn't the B in R and B for blues? Maybe. Yeah, R and B is rhythm no, no, yeah, or blues, rhythm and blues. Right? Yeah, 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 rhythm and, and blues. And yeah. blues is coming out of some kind of heartbreak, disappointment. I lost my job. I ain't got baby knee shoes. Wife need clothes. Like it's it, it's it was a, supposed to be a way of expressing the pain and the disappointment and the heartache, the heartbreak, right? So yeah. why is this a new, people, you know, people get on my nerves with that. They always want to make a new category, just keep stuff the same. Yeah, yeah, hey, I, I, I hope, hope, I just heard this, John. I hope must be riding around with Sirius XM. Cause I promise you, I just heard this song on Sirius XM, and I was just like, "Wow, what does this world come to?" And yeah. they sample Jay Z in this song, right? So there's a a, a sample of Jay Z in this song, uh, just just because 
just because I cheat doesn't mean I don't love you. Like, yo, I don't know what the hell these young people be thinking about, man. They be coming Listen, on some they, stuff. They not thinking about longevity. <laughs> that, that song, if that's the one I'm thinking about, will not, not, and you know, I don't want to speak, you know, ill on people, but you know, music is like art. Yeah, and of course. Best art challenges and pushes and yeah but but ch i don't know here here's where here's the kicker for that right i put something in our chat the other day because we were having this conversation i feel like uh loosely about music being art etc right and then so i threw out a reference i was like a ysl right because like ysl is this rap group down in uh well not even a rap group kind of like a label I, I think it's a label right so like young thug Jeffrey, I forget his last name. You sound crazy right now. Yeah, but that's his rap name. His rap name is Young Thug, right? And so Young Thug is like a a, a, a rapper artist, right? Like like one of the most soulful, uh, talented uh, rappers to come out probably uh, in Atlanta in the last ten years, easy, right? And so um, a lot of his raps are based off of his life experiences, and his life experiences happen to be what he's gone through, like living in the trap, living in Atlanta, like, you know, living in like poverty adjacent areas and whatnot. Right. So like right now he's caught up on Rico charges, uh, federal Rico charges, uh, him and one of his artists. Right. And so apparently, you know, the, 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 the gang gave him up. Right. And so now the federal government has went and analyzed all of their lyrics. Right. Which is supposed to be art. So they analyze all this art. And these two are locked up with no bail because of this art that we're talking about here, right? So, like, how, what's your thoughts on, like, using Listen, rap lyrics to indict rappers? You put YSL in the chat. I thought you were talking about Eve St. Laurent. I didn't know <laughs> what <laughs> you were talking about. So, I... Listen, I... Only Rico I know is Suave. I'm not sure. <laughs> I can't... Um, I can't speak to it. Um, I, I can't speak to it. But, you know, I, I'm sorry. I, I do think, though, you know, with art comes responsibility. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't, I can't say that I'm. What? As much as you cape for, as much as you cape for black people, as much as. I love black people. Yeah, I know. I, yes, you do. Yes. <laughs> yes, they are. Everything you root for everybody black. I get it. But like, so why are you not rooting for them? It's not that I'm not rooting for them. I don't know them. What's that Kiki Palmer thing? I don't know this man. I'm sorry. I can't. I don't know this man. I don't. I don't. I don't know who they are. I'm sorry. I don't know what they're saying. Got <laughs> you said you like, know what they're saying. Yeah, I don't know who that was about. I don't know what he's saying. He could be like, yeah, I'm an independent. I don't. What am I doing? <laughs> No, I can't. I'm sorry. I declined. <laughs> oh, man. So Marissa's like, today's music is crazy. Absolutely. Right? Like, yo, Ritzy, Ritzy, we, hey, we can stay down in Philly. One of your artists down in Philly, uh, was it Mick Mill? Uh, Mick Mill be talking about ghost guns in his raps. And, and, I mean, listen, I love Philly. Mick Mill know? talks about ghost guns in his rap. And the majority of the murders that are happening in Philly right now are happening with guns that they can't yeah. find. They, that, that they can't find. Next topic. I I don't. I can't engage fully. Next. No. Topic. No, you oh, can't. I can't. I can't rap music. I I can rap. I can't do it. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, so then we have we have this. Be, are you? Are, did you did you listen to Renaissance? Yes. And what are your thoughts? 
Um, Let's go to the next topic because if you if you say anything and you got some folks in this beehive in here, no, right? yeah. I um, I listened to it. There were I like dancing and so I like dance music. So a lot of the tracks were um, enjoyable to me. What I don't, what I also appreciated though, is despite the little hiccup with Khalees and some others, I did feel like it um, was an opportunity to like cross other folks who had been doing a lot of work and music in underground spaces that had often not been acknowledged. She did that. She did that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I'm giving her my tip. Tip the hat to that. Um, yeah. What I don't like is folks who like all of a sudden hear Drake's new album and Beyonce's new album and act like dance or house music is a new thing because no. folks in Chicago, Baltimore house, hey, listen, Baltimore, I, I, Baltimore house is amazing. Let me say, ding, 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 ding. Yep. They've been getting it for a long. Hey, up the hill. <laughs> <laughs> so Beyonce like gives you a little vogue. Doesn't yeah. mean that this this again this music this genre that was and you know she did a remix as a Madonna remix in that in that break my heart break yeah break my heart look you back to the to the R and B whatever it's toxic yeah but again what we know is that Beyonce is so influential she yeah. names Nina Simone Betsy Smith there are probably young people who don't know who those folks are and they know now. They know now. They know now. Yeah. Googling and somebody said, yeah. wait a minute, who is that? I don't know who that is. Or that's the woman who Beyonce named, right? And so again, yeah. it's about responsibility and, and the influence that we have. So, but yeah, yeah. I, I love house. I love house. I love dance. Shout yeah. out to Baltimore. Shout out to Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen, one of these days I'm going to get some rhythm. Beyond like, you know, being able, to, being, being, able, being able to do, do what the cues do. You know what I'm saying? Beyond that, I'm I'm gonna be able to. <laughs> hey, so we got we got. Pull a hammy. Hey, probably. Hey, so we got we got Erica Jones in here. We got an Erica Jones comment. What she said? She said at some point musicians have to uh, understand their impact on the culture. Violence is music is absolute absolutely has permeated uh, our real and actual lives. That's a fact. Uh, and uh, yes, he is uh, has to be held yeah, responsible for his lyrics, even. Even if they impact uh, impact them negatively, yeah, you got a lot of uh, a lot of these young people, a lot of young people out here that are trying to uh, like have art imitate life yeah. uh, in these neighborhoods and creating yeah. like unsafe environments and unsafe spaces for, for for residents in these neighborhoods and stuff. And uh, a lot of a lot of our crime, a lot of crimes that happen in uh, in uh, black neighborhoods could be solved if we uh, if we talk more. Let's say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also, like, you know. We want folks to create music that reflects their experiences because there's yeah. something I'm sure about it that is relatable, right? It makes uh, sense. every hood. Let me let me clear this up. Let me clear let me clear this up. Oh, I have rhythm. I have every black man has a a two step a two step situation going on, right? So like I can hold it down, Ritzy. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm I'm yeah yeah yeah. I got I got a two step going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know what else is what's we gotta talk about today. Cause I feel like you know, we got a big show coming up next week. We got guests, it's our 25th show. And uh and, and, yeah, today is our 25th show. And so, you know, we said we will build our cadence 
And then we would start having guests. So we got some A-listers and B-listers. And I, I like the C-listers because, you know, the C-listers are the people that, you know, you you know, you build up and you build their capacity in order to be A-listers, right? So, like, yeah. you know, we got some, some interesting guests coming up. Uh, what Folks in the audience, where you at? What we saying? She coming. Yes, this woman does. She does not miss an opportunity to come for me. Hey, yeah. if it's not on Twitter, if it's not, yo, know, she is always coming for my throat. Shout out to her. And Hope, what is Hope saying? Nope. <laughs> hey, some people have their challenges, right? And, you know, we work through it. We pray on it. You know, it's all good. Um. So, yeah. So, I mean. We here. We gave uh, we gave folks our energy. You know, ain't, you don't gotta be grandiose. We can we ain't gotta stick to no time frame, no timeline, or whatever. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> What's your final thoughts? Yeah. So my final thought today um, is for those folks who have been impacted by some of this really awful flooding um, that's happening in Kentucky. Um, so I'm thinking about them. I have friends whose families are there. I've got some cousins down there. Now, thankfully, they are in a part of the state that has not been impacted. Um, but I do want us, us to, you know, not become so numb to this toxic news thread that we forget that these things are more than just labels of runners that go across our screen. We're talking about actual people, actual lives. Um, families who are who were looking forward to starting school, folks who were looking forward to going to new jobs and, and buying houses and getting married and doing all the things that we just take for granted. And so just really thinking about those folks who are in Kentucky, especially those folks who are in places that are impacted by climate issues, whether it's forest fires, floodings, droughts, like we, we got to think um, more deliberately and with more urgency about some of the things that we are facing in this country and on this planet, or we will be just like we said earlier with black teachers, wishing that we could have done something more five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, the time to act is now. So that's my, yeah. how about you brother Ray? What's your final yeah. words? So uh, my final thoughts are this, right? So a couple days uh, out, uh eight black hands live show uh in pittsburgh state of black learning uh 2022 mm -hmm. so super excited about that also uh bringing back my podcast the edgy purist podcast um mm -hmm. dropping on the first and 15th and the reason why i'm dropping on the first and 15th y'all know y'all know that's what black, black, black people get their checks <laughs> black people get their checks on the first and fifteenth, and so therefore, I want the black folks to be checking for me, and so that's why I'm dropping on the first and fifteenth, right? Mm -hmm. So, Educators Podcast pre-tape uh, with with uh, doing interviews with folks that I admire, uh, folks that you know I want to work with or whatever. Yeah, so definitely uh, the first and fifteenth. Hey, Dev, wherever you at, man, hit me up. I need to get you on my podcast, man. So we do this pre-tape interview about just like Baltimore from uh, where you are now compared to like where you were, right? Uh, always knew you would make it, but I would love to for folks to hear that story so it could give hope to them. Um, and then what else? We're back next week uh, with, with, with Doc doing our thing, right? And so uh, thank you, uh, H, for, for, for coming through and kicking it. Uh, I didn't know how much I needed this. Oh, this was good. Yes, was good. yes. I mean, listen, yeah. even if no one was listening, 
I'm, I always walk away from these conversations more wiser, um, with more endorphins because I've laughed. My heart is full. I'm more thoughtful. I might have to go download a YSL and see what it is that he's uh, Don't do it. About. Don't no. do it. No, no, I don't, I don't no. Need to do oh, <laughs> just, you know, in case, in case next week you want to bring it up, I want to know what we're talking about. Yeah, um, yeah but yeah. I'm, I'm grateful, and I hope that everybody is um, has a great week. Yeah, for sure. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Yay. Peace.